Hey everyone, Alex here, director and narrator for Saints Alive. If you are supporting us today, thank you. For those who are on the fence, we want you to know that in order to continue to create these episodes, we need your help. We have so much in store for this apostolate. And if each of our listeners gave as little as $5 a month, we would be fully funded. Visit saintsalivepodcast.com slash donate today and check out some of the fun perks that go along with patronage. When you donate to Saints Alive, you are supporting a small Catholic business with a big vision. You're funding the development of two new series this year. And most of all, you're helping to transform our culture by igniting the church with the lives of the saints. Join us today at saintsalivepodcast.com slash donate. Welcome to Saints Alive, where we take you with us to meet God's most heroic followers. The saints were just ordinary boys and girls who allowed God's love to transform them into real-life superheroes. Their love for God changed our world. Did you know that God has sent you here to become a saint? It's up to you to choose love over fear, to be courageous, faithful, and kind. The choice to become a saint won't be easy, but it will be worth it. So listen closely and open your hearts. These real-life tales of the saints from the past may just inspire you how to live your story. Let's go on this adventure together. This episode has been sponsored by Colby Academy, a K-12 Catholic classical school. This is the perfect fit for families pursuing quality in-home education. At Colby, we weave technology with tradition. Choose from traditional homeschooling, self-paced learning, or our live online classes, all from the comfort of your home. Just as St. Maximilian Kolbe harnessed the power of technology to spread the faith, we empower you to grow in virtue, wisdom, and faith through our careful integration of timeless knowledge and current educational tools. Begin your journey today at colby.org. Catholic Family Crate and Saints Alive have teamed up to create an interactive listening experience with a collection of saint coloring pages. These pages are hand-illustrated, free, and you can download and print them from any computer. Color along by listening to Saints Alive by downloading these coloring sheets at catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. Again, that link is catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. Welcome back. When we last left off, Father Colby had just formed the Militia Immaculata, the Army of the Immaculate with his brother priests. Their first order of business was to start a newspaper to help spread the truth of Christ. Let's listen in and hear the rest of St. Maximilian's story. That small gathering was the beginning of a spiritual army under the generalship of Our Lady. But before they could begin, Father Colby needed permission from his superiors. Father, I admire your ambition and imagination, but you do not have the money, the equipment, the experience, or the space to begin a newspaper. 
I understand, father, but this is the desire of Our Lady. Your faith is strong, but I cannot be reckless in the managing of the church's resources. What could Our Lady do to persuade you to let us proceed? If you were to come up with the first payment for the publishing equipment, that would be nothing short of a miracle. A thousand zloty. I will bring this to the Immaculata. That night in the church, enveloped by great silence, his face illuminated by the sanctuary lamp, Father Colby knelt before his queen and offered fervent prayers. Dear Mother, I believe this newspaper is what you desire, and if it is not, I'm glad to be a fool for you. Father Colby opened his eyes. Lying on the altar was an envelope with the words, For you, Immaculata. He gingerly picked it up. Inside was 1,000 zloty. Father Colby's superior was dumbstruck and made good on his word, allowing the militia to begin publishing The Night of the Immaculate. Father, I think we're ready. Prime the engine. And load the paper. And there she goes. We're off to the races. Let it be for his glory and our lady's honor. Just think, brother. In the beginning was the word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, our little words on these pages will be like seeds of one eternal word, who is Jesus. With God's help, these seeds will take root in people's souls and help them to know the Lord Jesus and his mother. Praise God. Hot off the press, the Night of the Immaculate was a huge success. The other Polish newspapers were furious that a group of priests had a newspaper that was more popular than their own. They tried every kind of sabotage to get in their way, but Father Colby was never disturbed. As the newspaper became more popular, Father Colby realized they needed more space. Come 1927, a beautiful piece of land owned by the wealthy Count Drusky Lubeski became for sale. However, the good Count wanted far too much for the parcel of land. Father Colby decided to drop by to see if he could change his mind. Come in. Ah, Father Colby, I'm glad we can finally talk. Yes, we are eager to continue our work for the good of the church and for Our Lady. 
And speaking of Our Lady, I hope you don't mind that I brought her along. You brought her along? Just take a look outside the window. Is that a statue of Mary in my field? You know that our work is all for her. I thought it most appropriate to bring her to our negotiation. Well, it may be a little premature. I'm assuming you received my letter about the price? Yes, but that price is far too high. We took a vow of poverty as Franciscans. Father, you cannot expect me to simply give it to you. I have financial concerns myself. I understand. Why don't you take a few days to think about it? And thank you for your time. What about your statue? Don't forget to take it with you. Leave her there. It's my gift to you. <laughs> well, she won't change my mind. That night, Count Lebeski could not sleep. And the next night, and the night after that. In his office, he paced back and forth, but every time he looked out his window at that small, simple statue, his heart felt peace. Oh, you win. Operator, please connect me with Father Maximilian Colby. Hello? Father Colby? Yes, she has won. Your queen. Our queen. You may have the land. It is my gift to you. And to her. What will you call the place? Nipokalinov? The city of the Immaculate? Oh. No, I'm... I'm not crying. I'm, I'm just so happy to do this for her. Nipo Kalinov was an incredible success. Through the newspaper, men across Poland were attracted to come to the City of the Immaculate to give their lives to her. As they approached, the simple statue of Our Lady looked over them. By 1930, Father Colby's indomitable energy, imagination, and prayer life kept him searching for the Immaculata's next wish. Again, he went to see his superior. Father Maximilian, what brings you here today? I have come to speak with you about the promptings I felt from the Holy Spirit. You never seem to disappoint. Tell me, what is it you feel called to do now? The Immaculata desires me to found a monastery. In Japan. In Japan? I, I cannot understand. How? What will you do? The Japanese are a good and honest people. I sense that they will need much spiritual consolation in the years to come. We will start a newspaper there to spread the faith. A newspaper in Japanese? Do you even speak the language? No. Do you have the money for this expedition? No. <sighs> Father Max, as I said, you have never disappointed me. I reluctantly give you permission. If, if you can find a way to finance the mission yourself. As usual, with Our Lady's help, Father Colby found a way. 
He spent weeks traveling from Poland to Japan, by train, by boat. He even learned Japanese. He and his brothers found faithful Catholics who helped them publish and distribute a newspaper in Japanese. They called it Seibo no Kishi, which meant Night of the Mother of God. Father Colby rode home to the brothers in Nippo Kalano. I am very happy to be with our Japanese brothers. However, the hot, damp weather has made my breathing very difficult, and I've had a bad relapse of tuberculosis. Nevertheless, I work with every effort for the salvation of Japanese souls. The Japanese are a people who really search for the authentic religion, so they will obtain many graces from the Lord God. We have started a monastery here in Nagasaki, called the Garden of the Immaculate. The leaders here have advised us to put it on the near side of the mountain, but Our Lady has impelled me to put it on the far side. Pray for the people in Nagasaki. I hope to return to Nyopokolanov when Our Lady finds my labor is sufficient. Mugenzi Noso, the Japanese Garden of the Immaculate, was Father Colby's parting gift to Japan. When he returned home in 1936, a black cloud hung over Poland and all of Europe. The Nazis had taken over Germany. They had a particular hatred for our Jewish brothers and sisters and began throwing them out of their own homes and off their land. Father Colby, you must come, quickly. What is it? Look out the window. There are truckloads of them. Of who? Jewish refugees. They have nowhere to go. Well, tell the brothers to prepare a space and go to the kitchen to see what we can prepare for them. I will go greet them. Father, I know it's our duty to help them, but this may get us in hot water with the German authorities. Brother Tad, remember what our Lord said. I was a stranger and you took me in. Let us place ourselves and our Jewish brothers and sisters in the Immaculate's hands. She will provide. Father Colby befriended his guests and treated them with fatherly affection. The seasons changed, and that Christmas, a quiet snow fell over the monastery. All was still. The war was brewing across the world. But Father Colby only let the peace of Christ reign. Brother, do we have presents for Christmas morning? Well, we have some sweets for the friars. Not for the friars, for the children. The children? Father, they're Jewish. They don't celebrate Christmas. But we celebrate Christmas. It's Jesus' birthday. They must have presents. Can you find something to surprise them? <sighs> of course, Father. That Christmas was filled with a joy that seemed to stand outside of time, outside of the suffering they had endured. The children squealed in delight as they tore open the small packages to find candies. 
They sang carols by the crackling fire and let the candlelight illuminate their hearts with the love of God, the God who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. On New Year's Day that year, Father Colby let his friends celebrate their Jewish ceremonies in the monastery. Soon, it was time for them to leave. The friars stood outside the monastery to say their bittersweet goodbyes. Father, we've been treated here with such kindness. In the name of all of us present here, we want to express our warm and sincere thanks to you, Father Maximilian, and to all the brothers. But our words are inadequate for what our hearts desire to say. You have sacrificed so much. Without sacrifice, there is no love. The Lord loves you, and you have the love of all of us here at Nepokolanov. Now please, dry your eyes until we meet again. His Jewish guests weren't the only ones who recognized Father Colby's generosity. His charity caught the watchful eye of the Nazi police, the dreaded Gestapo. Father Colby could sense that his hour of suffering was drawing near. One night, long after midnight, he woke several of his closest friends. Brothers, please come pray with me. My heart is troubled. I cannot bear to pray alone. Father Max, of course. What is troubling you? They are coming for me. Very soon. Please come pray with me in the chapel. Immaculate Conception. Immaculate Conception. Immaculate One of God. Immaculate One of God. Our Immaculata. Our Immaculata. Dear sons, You know in Japan, heaven was promised me by Our Lady. You would think it would make leaving all of you easier, but it is still so hard. Father, you must leave. Right now, we can send you away. They will never find you. My good son, if this is God's will for me, how could I turn away? Maybe it is God's will for you to escape and live. Is it not our most ardently desired ideal to give our lives for her? We live only once. We die only once. Therefore, let it be according to her good pleasure. The Immaculata will be with me. I will bring her wherever I go. But what about us? What will become of us, of Nipokolonov, without you? This is all the work of the Immaculata. None of it is from me. Listen, when grace fires our hearts, it stirs up in them a true thirst for suffering, to show to what extent we love our Heavenly Father. For it is only through suffering that we learn how to love. In suffering and persecution, we reach a high degree of sanctity, and at the same time, bring our persecutors to God 
no matter what happens to me, you must all become saints and the greatest. At quarter to ten, the next morning, the telephone rang. Hello? Yes. Thank you for letting me know. They're coming to take you, aren't they? Yes. I don't know if I'll ever be able to forgive them. It isn't fair. My son, do not fail to love the Germans. Forgive them. Never stop forgiving and loving our enemies. Remember, no matter what happens, Christus vincit. Christ conquers. In what felt like seconds and an eternity all at once, Father Colby waited. Three polished black cars pulled through the gates of the monastery. Several armed soldiers swiftly exited the car, followed by a man donning a neatly pressed black military uniform. Praise be Jesus Christ. Welcome to Nepokolano. Are you Colby? Yes. We have reason to believe you have been spreading lies about our Führer and about the Nazi party. I assure you, our main concern is not political. We work for the salvation of souls. We desire only- Silence! I won't delay the inevitable. I have come for five priests, Nassim, Cheslak, Bajewski, Bortosik, and Colby. The five priests, with Colby leading the way, walked toward the black cars full of dignity and calm. Maximilian looked back to see the small statue of Our Lady just one more time. He turned his gaze towards his brother friars and saluted them with a nod of his head and a soft, reassuring smile. It was only once he ducked into the car that he let a small tear escape. Father Colby encountered the full brunt of the bitter hatred the Nazis had for the Holy Catholic priesthood. He was mercilessly beaten, ridiculed, and worked to exhaustion. He was only given watered-down broth and half a potato for the entire day. Benedict nos domine, et hectua donaquai. Father, stop praying. The gods will hear you and punish you. Our white marked Frey, remember? Work sets you free, not prayer. Still so hungry. How are we to live on only this? My son, come here. Take this. Father, why, why are you offering me the rest of yours? I, I can't. Please take it. You are young and hungry. So are you, Father. You can't give away your food. You'll never make it out of here. Please, take it before someone else does. 
Thank you, Father. Father Maximilian labored and hungered, not for food that perishes, but for food that brings eternal life. One day, a prisoner was able to sneak unconsecrated hosts into the camp. Father Maximilian, with a few friends, found a secret place between two buildings to say his final mass. At the consecration, he held the host between his fingers, bowed low, and spoke the words of Jesus. At that precious moment, the living God came in his body and blood, soul and divinity to men who felt forsaken. Jesus came and dwelt with them in the Eucharist. He never forgot them. sirens began to sound. Outside our barracks, we heard the tramping of feet and the barking of dogs. The door swung open and in walked armed guards. As they walked the length of the barracks, they kicked prisoners as they lay on the ground. Everyone up! The prisoner has escaped! Line up, you shrine! Single fire lines, no talking! Silence! Silence! Deputy Camp Commander Carl Fritz approaches! All of us stood erect, eyes wide, holding our breath. Karl Frisch, the most cruel and callous man in Auschwitz, strode slowly down our lines, relishing the fear he saw in our eyes. One of you has escaped. He has betrayed you. He knows, you know, what the consequence must be. In reprisal, Ten of you will be taken to bunker and die of starvation. Fear crawled up and down our spines, causing our eyesight to blur. Our knees began to quake. Tears came to our eyes. Behind me, one man fainted and fell to the ground. This man is our first choice, number one. With vicious pleasure, Fritz looked into each man's face. Then he began pointing at random. Two, three, four, five, six. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw him approaching from my left. Seven, eight, nine, he stopped in front of me with a vile grin. This one is number 10. My heart sank and everything went silent. The world began to spin around me. The guards dragged me to the front. Images of my lovely children, my beautiful wife passed before my mind. <laughs> I thought, I will never see them again. 
please. Please, no. No, my wife. My children. The guards ignored me. Fritz began giving orders as I sobbed and prayed. Through bleary eyes, I looked at the lines of prisoners. I envied them. They still had a future. Suddenly, there was movement in the stock-still ranks. A prisoner walked forward with sure steps and tranquil face. All the guards turned their heads, startled. They raised their rifles, their dogs snarling, ready to pounce. Halt! Or be shot! Take me. What did you say, Polish dog? Take me instead. I want to die in place of this prisoner. My heart skipped. I looked up. Father Maximilian was pointing at me. Fritz, usually so arrogant and self-assured, looked bewildered. He met Father's shining eyes, which glowed behind those round-rimmed glasses. He stepped back in astonishment, wondering why he wasn't able to break Father's serenity. A serenity imparted by a glimpse beyond the horizon of this world into eternity. He has a family. I have no wife or children. Besides, I am weak, and he is strong. Who are you? Number 16670. I am a Catholic priest. Request granted. You. 5659, back to the ranks. All I could do was try to thank him with my eyes. My tear-streaked eyes. I was stunned and could hardly grasp what was going on. The immensity of it. I, the condemned, was to live. And someone else willingly offers his life for me. A stranger. Father Maximilian's act of defiant love, a love which defied the hatred and brutality of Auschwitz, left all of us dumbfounded, speechless. That night, as we lay in the barracks, a surreal awe hung over our sleepless bodies. All of us had the same thought on his mind. Did this really happen? Did a man volunteer to die for another? Then, as if answer to our unspoken question, through the black night came distant sounds from the bunker. transformed this bunker of despair into a tabernacle of hope and love. From within those walls reverberated the rosary and songs of hope. He heard his companions' confessions, encouraged them in their devotion to the Immaculata, and comforted them in their final hours. As a good father, he was with them to the end. After 14 days, while his companions passed on to eternal life, Father Colby's unconquerable spirit remained.
The Nazis got tired of waiting for his death and sent the officer to administer a lethal injection. Oh, Immaculate. How sweet is the death of those who belong to you. ashes rose into the morning sky, as if yearning to be reunited to the soul to whom they belonged. The soul which was, at that moment, beholding the face of God and kneeling before the Queen of Heaven. great heroes of our faith. His love was Christ-like, giving everything even to the point of death for those he loved. Did you notice how brave he was throughout his life? Even as a young boy, he boldly trusted that Mary would guide him to her son. What are ways that you can be brave like Saint Maximilian? Maybe it's in trusting God when you might feel afraid or uncertain. Or maybe you can be an example of God's peace and love to those in need. Whatever your day or week might hold, remember that the saints are by your side. St. Maximilian Kolbe, pray for us.
Thank you so much for listening. My name is Alex. I'm Melissa. And I'm Tanner. And we are the team of Saints Alive. We are so grateful for all of our wonderful listeners and need your help to keep this going. Please consider donating to our ministry through our Patreon account, which you can find through our website at www.saintsalivepodcast.com. A special thanks to our new patrons who are donating $10 a month and up. These are families and individuals who donate to help us to continue Saints Alive. And a special thanks to our new patrons, Miriam, Hannah, and Felicity Bohati, Mark, Mallory, Maximilian, Augustine, and Theodore Mayer, Donovan, Anne-Marie, and Cecilia Steeler, Aiden, Chaley, Regina, and Sienna Lawless, Oscar and Sophia Kolpas, the Schubert Brothers in Texas, and the Watson family. Thank you all so much. We are excited to announce the launch of our Saints Alive Youth Missions. We are now bringing Saints Alive to you, live, in your parish or school. Our youth missions are dynamic talks to inspire your children to set out on the journey to sainthood. Complete with giveaways, you can turn a normal school day into a day that forms future saints. Booking now for the coming fall and spring semesters. Email us today for more information at saintsalivetalks at gmail.com.